Please bow with me in prayer. Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. I commend you for being here on such a rainy day and on a holiday weekend. I'm impressed. It's great to have you here for this Memorial Day weekend. And it's interesting because I I actually have asked this in the past, but I'm going to ask it again. Does anyone know what Memorial Day was called before it was called Memorial Day? Decoration Day. And I wonder how many of you know why it's called Decoration Day, or even if you understand where the name Memorial Day or Decoration Day has come from at all, or whether the history's been lost on you. Because so many people, when they come to a weekend like this, whether it be Labor Day, Memorial Day, whatever, a long weekend, Martin Luther King Day, they just forget. They don't really pay attention. They're just glad to have an extra day off or a long weekend. You know, but Decoration Day, it's interesting because I never heard the term myself growing up. I just knew Memorial Day, particularly since my dad's birthday, was always fell on Memorial Day back then, when it was always May 30th, and then they changed it to the, the Monday. But it's interesting because Decoration Day actually has a fascinating history before it became Memorial Day. A little history lesson for you. I don't know how many of you know where the practice came from, Decoration Day, but it actually goes back to Civil War days. And there's a debate as to where it began. It began in the 1860s. And different cities want to claim who came up with it first. But the whole idea of decoration is to decorate those who fell during the Civil War, their graves with flags. And some would decorate them in the north with, obviously, northern flags, and in the south with the Confederate flag. And so you had these different decorations on on some day in May. And it wasn't even a specific day in May until the first widely publicized decoration day that took place was actually in Charleston, South Carolina. 1865, and it was May 1st. And that's the first time that it was widely publicized and practiced. Until over a hundred years later, President Johnson, in 1966, declared what is now called Memorial Day. And it was for both foreign and domestic fallen soldiers. So it was both. And then it was declared federal law and a federal holiday in 1967. So that's the history. And that's why we have this holiday called Memorial Day. And presumably what we're meant to do with Memorial Day, as I mentioned, is to remember those fallen soldiers who have died for the cause of our nation, who have died for the sake of our freedom. 
and to not take that freedom for granted. It also makes the point how important memory is to us. To remember. Think about how much we value memory. Particularly given the fact that most of us have had our lives touched by someone who has had dementia or Alzheimer's. In the last eight days, I have done memorial services for two of our members who have lost their memory due to dementia or Alzheimer's. And it's hard to watch people that I've known for over 20 years that had close relationships with losing their memory. And probably most of you know people that have struggled with that. Because memories are dear to us. Memories are important to us. And memories are tricky things, too. Because, in fact, sometimes all of us choose to have selective memories. If you know what I mean by that. I told you that. I don't remember you telling me that. Isn't it interesting also that sometimes businesses or companies will make promises and say, we, we never told you that, or people in those practices. Selective memory. People have made promises, pledges, said words to spouses, to children, children to parents, and they forget And we even make promises to God that seem to go by the wayside. Selective memory. And yet memory and remembering is vital to our lives. It's so critical, so important. Especially when we get busy because sometimes those those opportunities, those challenges, all those things in our schedule that we want to remember, we just can't because our schedules are so busy. And yet we try to remember all those different aspects of our lives that are important to us and balancing. We so desperately want to remember. Memory is so important. And if you look at the scriptures, these two passages for me are so important in thinking about remembering. But for two different reasons. The first passage from 1 Kings is when Solomon, King Solomon, in the Old Testament, completed the temple. David, his father, wanted to build the temple after coming in after the people came into the promised land and they had to tent and then eventually would build a temple. And David wanted to be the one to build the temple. And the Lord said, no, your son's going to build the temple. And Solomon built the temple. And it's finally built. And Solomon does this prayer of dedication. And unfortunately, in the passage we have, 
part of that prayer is left out. But there's, there's a section where Solomon refers to the covenant that the Lord made with his father David. And he refers to the steadfast love of the Lord. And Solomon is recounting part of the history and part of the relationship and the covenant. He's recounting the history. And he's remembering and he's telling the people, remember. The gospel reading about the centurion is important for me for a different reason, for remembering. I'll get to that. But I want to talk about, first, remembering the word of the Lord and how important remembering the word of the Lord is to our lives. And if you look throughout Scripture and you look at the people and the Scriptures themselves and the references in Scripture... How important it is to remember the word of the Lord for our lives. That Solomon, in referring to remembering the covenant to my father David, he's referring to the word of the Lord. And Solomon recounts the history of Israel, referring to the scriptures of the past. Past covenants, the covenant with Abraham, the covenant with Moses, and then the covenant with David. The word of the Lord recorded and God's faithfulness in history. And how important it is for the people of Israel to remember what God has done for them. That God brought them to this place. And the only way to remember the Lord's word for our lives is if we read it, if we study it. If we pray over it, how can you remember it if you don't know it in the first place? What do you do when you're going through struggles? What do you do when you're going through crises? What do you do do when you're going through trials and tribulations and challenges and temptations? What do you do when you need the Lord's guidance in your life if you don't have the word of the Lord to rely on? And it's interesting because Solomon, later on in his life, would forget. And he would drift. And he would end up writing the book of Ecclesiastes and the book of Proverbs to reflect on how important it is to hold on to the Word of God and to remember. Because we desperately need His Word. In the midst of those challenges in life. In fact, Scripture, when you look at some of the analogies and the words that are used to describe Scripture, it's sometimes referred to as an anchor in a storm or a light to our path. It's referred to as the book of salvation that guides us into salvation and eternal life. It's also a love letter from the Father. Of his steadfast love for us.
The scripture is the book that tells us about who God is and what God is like. And what he means for our life. It's the book that teaches us this Christian life that we talk about. This life that we're called to live. How this life is meant to look. This book tells us about the Holy Spirit. And how we can be empowered to live this life. It's a book of God's promises and assurances. Over and over again. This word of God that we've been given is a gift for us that we need to remember when we face any challenge or struggle. And we can only remember it if we know it. Secondly, we need to remember what Jesus did. We need to remember what Jesus did. You know, every Sunday, when we share worship together in our tradition, our tradition has two parts to it. I don't know if you know that. The two parts are called the ministry of the word and the ministry of the sacrament. The ministry of the word is what we're doing right now. It's the first part of the service before we get to the peace. The ministry of the word is the part of the service where the word of God is read and then it's preached. And then we stand on the word of God by affirming our faith by saying the creed. But it's where we remember through God's word and through the preaching of the word what God wants us to know about this life that he's called us to. That we learn about, again, Jesus Christ and what he's done for us on the cross and the call he has on our life. And how critical this word is, but tells us of God and tells us of Jesus. And then we remember through the sacrament, what we call Holy Communion, where we act out and we remember. Much like the people of Israel did with the Passover feast. And we do it every Sunday when we worship together, where we remember what Jesus did on the cross, that we are sinners in need of a Savior. That Jesus died on the cross in our place for our sin. And that every Sunday we come, if you will, we come to him and we give our life to him. By coming to the rail. By receiving him anew as our Savior and Lord. By taking him in and he becomes a part of our lives. In the bread, in the wine. That when we taste the wine, it's as if being filled with the Spirit anew. That this symbolism of taking him in, there's an intimate connection between us and the Lord. And that we say he is present in a spiritual way in the bread and the wine. Every Sunday we're meant to remember because we need constant reminders. Because it is so easy to go out into the world and forget. To be drawn away from the Lord. To be drawn away from his presence. To be drawn away from his way. To forget about his love.
And so we come together to remember what Jesus did in word and sacrament every week by way of constant reminder. Because we need that. Thirdly, we need to remember what we have committed to. What we have said and what we have done. The commitments that either we made or were made on our behalf at baptism. That we're reminded about in confirmation. That we're reminded about in worship. You know, think about when we share in a baptism together. Part of the service we say, let us renew our own baptismal covenant. And we say the same thing in confirmation. Why? To remind ourselves of the commitments that we've made. To the Lord, to each other. That's part of what communion is about as well. That we are saying we're communing with God, that we're communing with each other. That we're not out there as lone rangers, by ourselves, living our own faith. That we are meant to be in this together. The body of Christ, supporting and encouraging each other. That we are making commitments to Him that we're called to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love our neighbors ourselves. And we need to be reminded of those commitments. And the Lord uses His Word. And He uses worship. And He uses each other to remind us you know, I've told this story before. Some of you have heard it. Some of you haven't. But I'm going to tell it again. And this is where the second scripture comes in. The story of the centurion. And how the word of God is so important to our lives. My son Daniel, about ten years ago, when he was going to the Citadel, wanted to sign up for the army. And I have never owned a gun. Now, you need to understand, I'm not against guns. I believe in having a police force. I believe in the Army. I eat meat. Okay, so I don't, ha- I don't have a problem with guns per se. I would just have a problem shooting someone. Because I'm called to a different kind of life. But ever since 9-11, when my son Daniel was 13 years old, two weeks after, he said, God has called me to go into the army, and he has never wavered. So ten years ago, when he said he wanted to join the army, and more or less what he was asking for was my blessing, I couldn't give it, not right away. And so I prayed over that and prayed over that, and it took weeks for me to to finally come to this conclusion. I said, Lord, I need an answer. I want to give Daniel my blessing, but I'm having a hard time doing this. And the Lord brought this scripture to mind. 
The Lord said to my heart, of all the people that my son commended for their faith, who did he commend more than anyone else? A soldier. A centurion. He said, I've not found such faith in all of Israel. See, but I'm not one that gives up really easily. Some of you probably know that about me. And this was almost bordering on the obnoxious with the Lord. But I said, Lord, why my son? You know, saying to him, why my son, when he gave his son for me? It's a little obnoxious. And it took a few more weeks. And the Lord spoke to my heart again. Would you rather have a godly man or an ungodly man leading a group of men into battle? I said, I got it, Lord. And I went and gave my son my blessing. God is faithful. He reminded me of his word. That it was a centurion. It was this passage in Luke chapter 7. That he reminded me. If I didn't know the scripture, I would never have been able to come up with this to be able to give my son my blessing. And that's why we need to know his word. We need to be connected to him, committed to him, so that we can give him the opportunity. We need to remember to go to him in the first place to seek his guidance. Because we have... So many opportunities to go to the world to hear what the world has to say. And we can forget about the Lord. And if we really trust that He loves us, that He cares for us, that we can go our own way or come to our own conclusions without Him. And that's why we need to remember that we need to stay connected. It doesn't mean that life always then becomes all roses, a cakewalk, everything's easy. Just because you have his word, just because you walk with him daily, look at the life of Jesus. Look at the life of Paul. Look at the life of the prophets. We will still face challenges when we are in His Word. When we walk with Him day by day. And we seek to walk by the Spirit. Jesus talked about that there would be trials and there would be temptations and there would be persecution and there would be challenges that would come our way. That's part of life. And that's part of life as a Christian if you're really walking the walk. And what do you do in the face of all of those? And how do you know how to handle all of that? It doesn't mean that life automatically gets easy. We said Solomon forgot. And life got very, very difficult for him. And he had to come back.
And we see that with other saints down through the years. When I gave Daniel my blessing, I thought, great, now this is all over. Everything's going to become easy. That's not the way it was. Trust me, there were other things too. But I'm going to go to one story in particular. When Daniel was first deployed to Afghanistan, his first assignment was at an outpost on the border of Pakistan, outpost Iraq, and it was named after a man who was killed there. I was not terribly good with that, for starters. The Red Cross provided a satellite phone so he could call home periodically while he was there. I missed the the first couple of calls when he called home because I was out. And I got really angry that I missed those calls. And then I prayed. I wish it would have been the reverse. I wish I would have prayed first. That's not always my style. But I got really angry. And Meredith said to me, you can't keep doing this. Because you're going to drive yourself crazy. And so I said to the Lord, Lord, you've got to give me peace about this. And so I prayed. And the Lord reminded me of what we did when our children were born. On the way home from the hospital, when all three of our children were born, we drove by the church. This is one of the advantages to having the keys. (laughs) And it was easy for me. It was a little more difficult for Meredith. But we went into the church and laid our baby on the altar and said, Lord, you've given this child to us. We give this child back to you. And the Lord reminded me that I said that. And he said, I've got him. He's mine. You don't have to worry. I've got him. And ever since then, I've been at peace. I was able to let it go after that. Which is going to be really important since he's in special forces training right now. There are times I'm not going to know how long he's going to be gone or where he's going to go. And I might need to be reminded of that again by the Lord. But that's why remembering is so important. That's why remembering God's faithfulness and his love and knowing his promises and knowing his word is so important. But if you don't know him and you don't know his word, then you're adrift. And you're relying on yourself. And you're relying on your own resources or your own thoughts or your own best guess. 
And God would have it be otherwise. That's why he sent his son. That's why he's given us his word. It's why he calls us to worship. Remember, this Memorial Day weekend, I invite you to remember. Remember the sacrifice of those soldiers who have given their lives so that you might have freedom. And remember the sacrifice of Jesus Christ so that you might have salvation and eternal life. Remember. Please bow with me in prayer. Lord God, so often we do have selective memory of promises we've made to you, to spouses, to children, to parents, to friends. Or sometimes we just don't know your word, to know where to go to remember and what to remember. Lord, I pray this day that you would give us the resolve to know you and to know your word. To know the gift that you've given to us in your son. To know the gift that you've given to us in your word. To know the gift that you've given to us in your Holy Spirit to bring to mind your promises, your love, your peace, your strength. Lord, I pray this Memorial Day weekend that we would remember the sacrifice of those who have given their lives and the freedom we have. And Lord, for for your Son that gave his life so that we could be free from the bondage of sin. And no life and life eternal. Lord, cause us to remember and to live this life. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.